Welcome to the Association 4.0 podcast, your association's no-fluff playbook to navigating and thriving in Industry 4.0 or the digital marketplace. Each week, we bring expert insights to help you and your association stay ahead of the curve. Hello, my name is Sherry Budziak, and I'm the host of this week's podcast. I'm here today with Eric O'Connor. Um, Eric is the Chief Growth Officer of the American Association of Nurse Anesthesiology. I am so excited to have Eric here today to talk with us about leadership during post-pandemic um, and their digital transformation. Uh, Eric, thank you for joining us today. I'm really excited um, to talk with you. Thanks so much for having me, Sherry. I'm looking forward Great. to the conversation. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about um, AANA? Sure. Uh, let's start with ANA. I think most importantly, uh, ANA just went through an amazing rebrand uh, after 90 years. We were formerly the American Association of Nurse Anesthetists and are now the American Association of Nurse Anesthesiology, uh, which is an exciting place to be. And we represent advanced practice nurses uh, that specialize in anesthesia. And so our, our members have been doing amazing things during COVID, uh, literally running to COVID, uh, running to yeah patients in need in the ICU uh, or wherever it is that CRNAs are needed, they've been helping during the pandemic. And it's really been amazing uh, to watch, but also to be a part of. Uh, so the association has spent a significant amount of time uh, understanding how we can best support our members during the pandemic and as we move out of it, which I certainly hope we get to soon. And my area at AANA, I'm the chief growth officer and I work with the PR team, marketing, membership, meetings and conferences, and our for-profit uh, malpractice insurance company. So a little bit of everybody. Uh, if you think about membership, member experience, non-dues revenue, and revenue, those are the areas I get to play with. Uh, so I really get to work across the company daily. That's great. Just a few things to be have on your shoulders, huh? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's fun. I, there is, there is, uh, every day is a challenge, and I definitely have a lot of work to do, which is awesome. I love it. That's great. Well, talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, some of the things that you've done. I know um, you've talked with us before about your digital transformation um, and some of the work that you guys did have done, as well as kind of, you know, I guess how things, uh, how you were able to leverage your technology, you know, during this um, ex pandemic experience we've had. Sure. I think, so I'll start with kind of my journey a little bit with ANA. I've been here a little over two and a half years. And uh, when I started there, there was this conversation of how do we serve members better? And, and where do we start when, when we're gonna do that? And I think there were a couple things that we identified across the organization that were missing. Uh, one was data. Uh, so we struggled to make data-driven decisions, which I think should sound familiar to associations where we have piles of data, but we just didn't know how to get to it. Yeah. And I, I remember sitting in a room with consultants for four hours saying, here's what I need, help me get it out. And I never did get it. <laughs> it, took <laughs> me, it took me about two years later to bring the right, the right people and the right systems together to be able to get that data. But, but that's kind of where, where we started, where we said we need to really understand the members better and we need data to do that. Well, then it became clear that we had a significant amount of technology debt. Um, our AMS, for example, was about 10 years behind where it needed to be. Our learning management system kind of worked. It didn't really deliver what members were looking for. Um, so we started to see opportunities in our technology. 
Uh, and then last was people. So if I was framing this, I'd frame it as people, process, and technology. Mm -hmm. um, and so we had to make sure if we're going to go through digital transformation, we have to have the right people working across the organization to do that, which really took uh, breaking down silos, I think, to a whole new level. <laughs> when, when you're thinking about how are we going to do these big things and involve technology and people from across the company, uh, from the association, that was uh, really where we started a few years ago. Yeah, that's great. We, you know, I get a lot of calls with the work that we do um, and everybody focuses on this is a technology problem. And it's, we always say, well, technology, even though people think it's like the hardest is actually the easiest <laughs> to figure out. And it's the people in process. Like you're, like you said, having the right people and sometimes and making sure that you're looking in how you're managing your data, what are those processes and how, you know, are you asking the right questions to really understand your members? So that's, that's great. Um, you know, kind of tell us a little bit, Eric, about that journey and how you got people thinking. To me, it's like a, a different mindset, like thinking that we've got to change some of the ways that we're doing things and get the right talent or whatever that looked, looked like for you guys. That was a really exciting beginning for me. I, I think when I, where we started and where we are today, it was looking across the organization and saying, uh, you know, we have some people in that kind of fixed mindset of this is the way it is, this is the way it's been, this is the way it will be. Uh, but it was also clear that there were others that were hungry for opportunities kind of outside their department. They were, they were interested in engaging in projects that happened across the association. And so where we started was identifying what I, will say is curious people. I'm not reading resumes. It's, I'm not looking at like this bullet point and that requirement and that type of thing. The only thing I looked for as I was talking to people across the organization and, and as we were hiring was looking for curious people that solve problems. I didn't care what the problems were. Uh, as we hired for people in marketing, uh, and I'll give you a great example, one of our marketing managers came in and awesome at marketing. It was clear to me that he had solved a lot of unique problems and he, he was hungry to find problems to solve and, and look for opportunities. And we were having a discussion and I said, what do you think about building our learning management system like Netflix? Would you want to run that project? And he said, yeah, I want to do that. That has nothing to do with marketing at all. He did it, he launched it and it is a success. Uh, and it was really cool to watch. But that's an example of really trying to find curious people that want to get involved in a project. He then began engaging people across professional development, IT, our project manage office, finance, and the like. And his role, what he was hired to do was marketing. <laughs> but he knew that he had the bandwidth based on what, how we discussed um, and, and what he could do. We found that curious person to be in a project. So we started to look for those people all across the company. And that was so important, really, in putting in any digital transformation initiative. That's great. I, a curious person. You know, we've when I've worked with organizations, we'll try to find people that are, I would always say, like, willing to learn or try new things. But I think you nailed it with, with the description of curious and, and problem solvers. I like that. I may steal that from you. <laughs> you know, what I love about curious is I, I think it... it um, it shows that the people have innate willingness to grow. I think it's they're they're not they're not settling with the status quo. They're not okay with the status quo. They also know that for them to get to the next level of what they're trying to do, they have to be constantly asking questions. And so people that are looking at that growth mindset really across their job, 
but also in, in kind of where they're trying to get to. I think that's why I call it yeah. curious uh, because it's, it's less about are they willing to, but it's, it's more about they can't function if they're not. If they're yeah. not looking for, you know, how do I grow? Um, how do I get involved? How do I make a difference? I think that's for me why I defined it as curious. Yeah, I love that. So Eric, talk to me a little bit about, you know, we, you kind of started the conversation of, around data and having this kind of data-driven mindset, but obviously you have to figure out how you're managing the data or cleaning your data or all those things. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about that journey? Because I know a lot of associations are struggling with this um, as we speak today. Sure. Well, I promise everyone, if you're about to start a data journey of some kind, we were in just as bad a shape as you were. It may be worse. <laughs> so it's a scary place to start. And, and that's really where we started, where we said, look, we, we don't really have an understanding of, is our data clean? Is it not? Because half the time we can't really get it. And we said, but, but that's okay. We're going to start this project with the idea that by starting a data project, we'll be able to shine a light on our dirty data. Sure enough, that happened really fast, which was, it's scary <laughs> because you're yeah. like, oh no, things are wrong, but that's okay. Now, in this environment, you have to be willing to say, look, we're gonna identify problems and opportunities, and then we're gonna act on them. And so we started to look at where are we trying to get to? And the idea was we need to be able to make data-driven decisions across the organization. And um, Ron Mark Moen made a comment about democratizing data. And, and how do you do that? When I was in a, a seminar with him once, and I thought that that was so important and really took it to heart because it's not about just getting data. It's making data accessible across the entire association. Uh, and then there's the idea around culture. And that's that curiosity of, well, if I have data, now how can I start to provide info, insights and then create opportunities with what I'm looking at? Uh, and so that was really our starting point was to really understand where we're gonna to try to get to, who we needed to have involved, and then next, it was like, what's the tech that we're going to need to get there? Um, and that was that was the next step of the process. Yeah. And what tools? What tool are you using? So we're using two different ones. We're using Acumen from Association Analytics. Okay. And that came out of, I need to go from having zero to like seventy percent of my data in front of me quickly, and I need to be able to access it in a way that isn't going to require a ton of expertise across the staff. Um, and really, I need to just get things plugged in. How am I going to do that? And that was what association analytics did for us and that I think was really important. Now, part of that is when you're creating the, this dashboard system where you're working with a vendor, obviously things take time. And as I mentioned, we had a lot of technology debt. We we're making a lot of changes across the organization uh, in IT. So we knew that that project might take three months to nine months, mm -hmm. depending on what we were trying to do. Not because of them, but because of where we were on the IT side. But I couldn't wait three months or nine months or 12 months. I need to have something now. Uh, so that's where we use uh, Microsoft Power BI. Uh, we have a business intelligence analyst who is amazing. Um, I'm always hesitant to use her name because I don't want anybody to come steal her. Yeah, uh, don't. Her some, they might. <laughs> her, I'm going to say it anywhere. Her name's Lavinia, and she is absolutely outstanding. Uh, she has transformed what we are doing with data in the company between our work with Acumen and our work with, with Power BI. There's not a day that goes by that I don't use one of these dashboards. And just before I got on this call, one of the marketing team and the membership team were talking about our dashboards and some of the data and how we need to make a decision now in a campaign that we're running based on what we're watching happen. So the idea that two and a half years ago, we couldn't get 
data out of a conference room with consultants. And today we have teams talking in real time, making literally data-driven decisions. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's really exciting. That's great. That's great to hear. Um, so talk to, I guess, where are you guys right now? And, you know, you had mentioned that you had a, a I think you said a 10-year-old association management system and, and, and your learning management system wasn't uh, quite where you guys wanted it to be. And all of that we know, you know, takes a long time to kind of imp implement. Um, where are you on your digital transformation journey? I'm really excited. And I, my team would be laughing hysterically right now because no one knows how excited I am <laughs> other than them related to the AMS. Uh, we are literally moving into the cloud version of Aptify right now. And, and I'm not kidding. We were a decade behind the desktop version about two and a half years ago. So our IT team has done an amazing job moving us to the cloud. And that is changing how our member service team is able to work, uh, which is really, it, it's been critical yeah. for them because we can serve members better there. Uh, the LMS, we've moved to the new LMS and we've created kind of two pieces to the LMS. One is a uh, subscription side where you can access uh, low cost content across any device, anytime. And then the other is one-off content. So that those courses that you're used to where I can say, I'd like to earn one CE, five CE, that type of thing and go in and take a course, you can do that. But you can also access uh, a lot of content for a low yearly price. Uh, so those have been really fun projects. Then there's the Power BI side that we talked about earlier where we were looking at bringing data across the organization. That's in place. That's one of those that never stops. So it's right. always, oh, there's something else we can see with, this data, with the data if we visualize it in this way. Uh, so that's gonna be an ever going process. Uh, lastly, we were working on marketing automation and member service platform. So we're bringing in the HubSpot platform uh, their service platform, I think, is going to be key to helping our membership team serve members better, uh, along with the data that is coming in from uh, our Power BI uh, area. And then also we're bringing in marketing automation from HubSpot to serve our insurance team and our marketing team. And I think there, the idea is how do we create predictive, uh, personalized experiences for our members? And we're looking at those pieces of software to help us do that across our entire digital ecosystem. That's great. And so as we're talking, Eric, I'm thinking about, so all of this, you you probably have to have some, um, there was some conversation or somebody managing the overall content strategy for the organization. Um, was that something that, that you guys had in place prior to this? Like, you know, an overall content strategy to, engage members um, or just has that kind of come along with with all of these other things that you're doing that is a great question because that's another one where people say but we don't have a content strategy yet we can't start um, I'm really big into like starting and figuring it out yeah <laughs> and there's there's times where which you can probably tell uh, there's times where it requires a plan that this is how we're going to move forward and I think that's like this highest level strategy uh, but at the same time I like to give team's leeway to, um, to have them create, this is the path forward. So I'm trying to lay out a direction, but the way I look at our teams is each of the teams have a bunch of experts that are really good at what they do. And this idea of a self-organizing team that is gonna come together and say, this is the path forward. As we're working through a project, I think can be more powerful than everybody starting and saying, okay, 
everyone's going to be on the same page before we do anything. So a year from right. now, we can start. Yeah. <laughs> um, Never get started, right? <laughs> yeah. And that, and a lot of times you don't get started. Or by the time in today's environment, if you're going to wait a year to launch something, you're in trouble. Uh, right. As opposed to what you can learn in literally real-time information by putting things in front of members uh, and making sure you're delivering on the experiences that they're looking for instead of guessing, launching, and then finding out you got it wrong. So to answer the question, no, we didn't have, we knew member engagement was key. We knew that increasing member engagement was key. That's the, the strategy piece that we started with, that we know if we can create better experiences for members, we can create a better connection to the ANA brand and overall better value for members. So that's that's where we started. We're today, as we're putting in the finishing touches on HubSpot and those types of things, we're putting in a more concrete. And this is how the content will work across the organization in order to do that. So talk to me a little bit more about member engagement because you know with your um, membership, they're obviously really busy. They were extremely busy, you know, before COVID and before the pandemic. So how are you seeing kind of a return on your guys' investment? Are you seeing members engaging? Are you engaging with them differently to kind of get their attention? Um, talk to me a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, so we have about 60,000 members. And, and so there were some things during the pandemic that we looked at, how can we create experiences that will increase that engagement that will, the members will value. And I'll give you an example. I mentioned our Netflix-like learning management system that we, we were set to launch to a paid subscription during the middle of the pandemic. That was also right when our members would be recertifying. So as I said, they're running to Texas, they're running to New York, New Jersey, Florida, to help patients. And they're coming from all over the states to do that. Yet they also need to be focused on recertifying. Who has time for that while you're trying to go save people during a pandemic? And so we wanted to take uh, that the weight off their shoulders, uh, the idea that how am I gonna get the right courses? When am I gonna take them? Uh, and so we've opened up our education platform to them for free and they were able to get into the system. They took 30,000 CE wow. between April and August. And we we're able to do that for free, which I think really shows the value of membership and the ANA is here for you. But we had the right technology in the right place and the right content to create engaging experiences and they took advantage of it. Um, so I think that's a good example of something that we were looking at literally on the fly and how could we make that decision to, to move to serve them during the pandemic that was important. As we go forward, we're always looking at our learning management system, for example, the data that is important to me is the courses that people are engaging with. And it points, it gives us a signal. Do I make another one? Uh, is this popular enough? Or most importantly, does this need to go? I think in the past, we've just created version one of a course, and then we created version two without asking, should we have created version two? Uh, now we can see real-time engagement data, minutes in courses. We can see CEs earned from the courses, uh, not to mention dollars. Because uh, people are voting with their paychecks, <laughs> and if yeah. they're going to take our CE, that's an important vote. Uh, but we're tracking engagement across a, a lot of different areas. Also, of course, across our digital platforms and our website, and we were able to see huge increase increases across all of our platforms uh, during the pandemic because we were putting relevant content in front of members at the right time. That's great. Well, Eric, I could probably talk with you all day, um, but I know you're busy. It sounds like you've got you guys have a lot of projects continuing, you know, to to happen um, over there. But I guess 
just to kind of, you know, tie things up I, for the association leaders, where, what do you think, um, you know, if they're going to start anywhere or, or what's one thing they can do that would really position their organizations for success? Because I know for a lot of associations, they feel like, oh, digital transformation and it's daunting, but I guess where, where would you start or where would you suggest that they focus? I would start, I think my first question would focus on the, the members' needs and your people's needs, meaning your people in your building or wherever you all are right now because we're not in buildings. Right. And, and I think uh, too often digital transformation will start with, we need a new thing. We need a new technology. We need to use Facebook better. We need a new AMS, LMS, whatever the acronym is. Acronym is. We need this cool thing that will bring all the people to do the things that we want them to, uh, which is not the way it works. First, we start with member needs and understanding how you can serve them. And second, your people. How are you going to get your people involved? How are you going to bring them along so they're excited about the project and they know where they fit? That, that, that's another thing that we, we often will forget is there's this big shiny project that should be interesting and we hope that it is. And as senior leadership, there's a great uh, metaphor that talks about when you start a project, senior leadership, it, it's the equivalent of finishing a marathon. You just finished the marathon and have given this information to your, to your people, to your teams but they haven't even started training for it yet. Right. And I love that analogy right. because I, when, when we think about our people first, we put our, we put our members first and look at their opportunities there. But when we put our people's needs first and we can bring them into projects early when they're in that idea phase and we can get buy-in and we can help people understand this is where I fit. And this is why my job and this is important is where we win. That's great. Well, thanks so much, Eric, for spending time with me today. This was um, great. And maybe we can um, grab some more time from you later in the year and hear where you guys are, are going and where, where you're headed next. I'd love to. Thanks, Sherry. We hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered tips and information that will add value to your leadership style and your association. Dot.org Source specializes in positioning teams for success with solutions for technology, strategy, and marketing. Please contact us at info at orgsource.com or visit www.orgsource.com to find out how to keep your organization on track to Association 4.0.